0: So, thank the Lord for that. This morning, we are going to finish off our series on vision. We've spent This is the fourth week now we've been going through this series talking about vision. And I, I'm excited for this morning as, as finally I get to unveil to you uh, what I believe is the whole vision that God is giving us here as a church. Uh, and we've touched on two of those three aspects the last two weeks. And this morning we're going to look at the third aspect of, of how, that, how they all work together. But God has great things in store for this church and this body and this community, I believe. I, I don't just say that because, uh, because you want me to. I truly believe that there's great things in store that God is going to do through this church in this community and around the range and around the world as we continue to allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. And that's a big part of it, is allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us and being obedient. So, week one, what did we talk about in this series? We talked about the importance of vision, and we looked at a definition of vision. It's a direction in which God is calling an individual or a group of people to. Right? It's a direction, it's a vision, it's God saying, I would like you to do this, whether it's as an individual or as a body, such as a church. We hear it called different things. Some people say, I'm called to do this. Or God gave me a word. Or I have a dream of what I would like to see done. God has given me a dream. But it all comes down to this idea of God gives a direction to his people. God gives direction and he says, this is what I would like you to do. This is where I'm asking you to go. And this is what I'm planning to do in and through you as we do that. We shared about why it's important as individuals that we have a vision, right? Because if as an individual we don't have a vision or a direction that we're going, we're just kind of wandering in life. We just kind of go and pass from one thing to another thing, uh, but, but we're not really maybe achieving a whole lot because we're not working towards a goal or, or an ending that we have in mind, but we have that vision and that direction. We know where we're going. And when things get tough, we know, okay, this is the direction I'm heading. This is where I'm going. This is where God is calling me to. And that's the same with us as a church. If we don't have a vision and a direction that we're looking to go as a church, we'll, we'll just kind of go from one good thing to another good thing, but maybe not really ever reach the potential of what God is calling us to do as a church and as a body. We have to have that direction but we also talked about how it's not just the vision that's important, right? We have to actually be obedient to what that is. We have to follow that vision and that direction that God is giving us. We, we, we talk about Abraham and Noah and Martin Luther King Jr. and others throughout history. Why? Not because they had a word or a vision or a dream from the Lord, but because they were obedient to what God was asking and calling them to do. A lot of people have a dream or a direction or a focus, but but they don't follow through, they're not obedient, and so we don't remember that. We remember those who follow through with obedience and put to action the vision that God has given them. If we want to see God continue to move and lives change, both here in Chisholm and all around the world, we're going to have to take the Gospel outside the four walls of this church, right? If we want to see God move, if we want to see more people come into a relationship with Christ, if we want to see our impact uh, increase, we're going to have to go outside the four walls of this church. We're going to have to be active and share it with the people who are around us and support those who are here and helping each other, encouraging each other, and supporting our missionaries who are all around the world with our prayers with our finances, with opportunities to help them through mission trips. So what, what is the first emphasis of our vision here at Chisholm Assembly of God? We've talked about this the last couple weeks. It's reaching the lost. Everything starts with that idea of reaching the lost. That is our emphasis. As we've mentioned multiple times over the last couple weeks, when we look at the book of Luke, what did Jesus say he came to do? Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Right? Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. So what is our job as a church? We've been commanded or commissioned to continue to reach out to the lost. Just as Jesus came, as a church, we are now supposed to reach out to the lost, to seek and save that which is lost. As believers today, it is our job to continue to reach out to the lost with the gospel message. We just plant the seeds. It's our job to go out and plant the seeds. And we know Scripture tells us the Holy Spirit will then come and cultivate that and bring growth to that. But our job is to plant the seeds to help the lost receive the message of the gospel. Jesus, as He was preparing His disciples for His departure near the end of His time on earth, He gave them a task that you and I are still working on today. And that was the Great Commission. We've talked about that. He gave us the authority to take the Gospel message out into the whole world, making disciples, baptizing people, and teaching them everything Jesus has commanded us. I was with a missionary this last week. We met for breakfast, and we were talking about the Great Commission a little bit. And he reminded me of something that I think we often overlook when we hear the Great Commission, many times, what are we focused on? We focus on the going part, which is important. I'm not downplaying the going part. But sometimes we forget about the making part of the Great Commission. It says we are to go and make disciples. Right? It says we're to go and make disciples. Going is a part of that. But we have to be intentional about making disciples. Right here in Chisholm, Right here, making disciples as well as in our surrounding communities, making disciples, sharing the gospel with them. How are we going to reach the lost, right? We've talked about that. So, if, that, if that's where everything starts, is with reaching the lost, how are we going to do that? Acts 1 8 tells us that you and I, we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to take the gospel message out. We've been empowered. So we read in, in, in the Great Commission that Jesus gave us the authority or the power to take the Gospel message to the ends of the earth. And then when, when Jesus returned back to heaven, God sent us His Holy Spirit to come to empower us to be His witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We talked about that. And then we we said, well, what does that look like for you and I today? What does that look like? It it looks like reaching out to Chisholm, right? Jerusalem was their central location. What is our central location? The community of Chisholm. Reaching out to Chisholm and then going out to Hibbing and Virginia and the communities that surround us. Continuing to work our way across the Iron Range and eventually going to the ends of the earth, that, that is how that applies to us today. We start where we are and we work our way out. We've been empowered to be His witnesses. Last week we looked at Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 where we find that each of us has been equipped as members of the body of Christ to do different functions. Each of us has a different role in the body of Christ and each role is needed. Each role is necessary and important for us to accomplish all that God is calling us to do. It says that the Holy Spirit gives each of us the specific gifts and functions for the body that He sees fit for the common good. For the common good. Not for personal gain, not not for you and I to absorb and to take in, but we are given the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the function that we've been given for the common good, to help the body grow, to help people learn about Christ and the message. So we talked about how we've been empowered. That's one way we're going to reach the lost, because we've been empowered. The second way is because we've been equipped. Each of us as believers are equipped. That's the second way that we're going to reach the lost. In Ephesians 4, we looked at how Jesus set aside different people for the specific roles of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, teacher to help equip the people for the work of the ministry. We talked about that last week. We said God does not call each of us to these specific roles, right? Not all of us are going to be called to be an apostle or a pastor, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, but God is going to place people with these specific functions and roles around us in our life to help equip us to do the work of the ministry. That's part of my job here as the pastor is to help to equip us as a body, as a church, so that you and I, that we can reach the lost. That's part of my, one of my main responsibilities is to equip you that we may reach the lost that we may do the ministry that God is calling us to do. Everything we're striving to do here at Chisholm Assembly of God is geared towards reaching the lost. That's where it starts, and that's where everything goes towards reaching the lost. So we know now that we've been empowered and we've been equipped to reach the lost. As I said, those are the first two aspects to our vision. But what is the third part to our vision? We've been enabled. God has enabled us to reach the lost. That completes the three different aspects of our vision of how we're going to reach the lost. And this is our church vision statement an Assembly of God, reaching the lost through the empowering, equipping, and enabling of believers through the Holy Spirit. How are we going to reach the lost? Because we've been empowered. How? Because we've been equipped. How? Because we've been enabled through the work of the Holy Spirit to do what God is calling us to do. We're not doing this alone. We've talked about that. That's the great thing is that you and I aren't doing this alone. And, and, and as a body, we're not doing this alone, in and of ourselves. God has sent His Holy Spirit to empower, equip, and enable us to do the ministry, to reach the lost. We're a Pentecostal church here, which means that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, that that the Holy Spirit works through us to reach those around us, that the gifts of the Spirit are active and they're moving today just as they were in the time of Acts when the day of Pentecost happened. That's that's what we stand upon is the Holy Spirit and how He moves and works in our lives today. I love what the Apostle Paul teaches in Philippians to the people in the city of Philippi. He's teaching them uh, that what is working inside of them, that they need to continue working that they may accomplish what God is calling them to do. He's saying God has called you to do something. Continue to work to see that you accomplish that. Philippians chapter 2. I believe if Paul were here today, he would be urging you and I to do the same thing with his teaching, to continue to work to do what God has called us to do. Philippians 2 verse 13 we start, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. What we read here is it says that it is God who is working inside of us to help us to act in a way that, will, that we will be able to accomplish the purpose that God has set us forward to do. So it's God who helps us to make the right choices and the right decisions when we come to different crossroads in our life. What is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit? He's our helper, our paraclete, our advocate. That means that when we come to a decision in our lives, maybe we don't know what to do. We can say, Holy Spirit, would you help me? Give me the wisdom and the discernment and and, and help me to know what decision to make. Because right now, I don't know what to do. But the Holy Spirit will help us and speak to us and show us what we are to do. He hasn't left us without help, without someone to get us through each and every day. The Holy Spirit helps us to know where to go and what to do. Then Paul goes on to encourage them. He says, do everything without grumbling or complaining so that we may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. That we would, I believe that we need to check our attitudes. Are we doing stuff with a grumbling and complaining heart? Or are we doing stuff with a cheerful and joyous heart? Becoming blameless and pure, as it says. I I love what it says because it says, in a warped and crooked generation. I think all of us in here this morning would agree. Man, this world we live in is warped and crooked. And, and, And there's just a lot of it that it just, it's messed up. Right? If we're honest, we look around us at everything that's going on. The hatred, the sin, the division. Just in our country alone, is unbelievable. Not to mention all the different tragedies and everything that's going on all around the world outside of our country. We live in a warped and crooked generation. So why is it important then that we become, as it said, pure children of God? So that we may shine among our generation like stars in the sky as we hold firmly to the word of life. That you and I may be stars, that we may be seen I love the illustration that this creates for us because we often refer to sin in our world as darkness, right? That's a pretty common thing we say. Our world is full of darkness. It's It's full of sin. And the Gospel is light. Jesus brought light into our world and as we go into a relationship with Christ, His light comes inside of us that we may shine, that we may light up the darkness that's all around us. You and I, we have an opportunity to become light in the darkness all around us. To help people see the true Gospel. To help people see Jesus Christ in us. To help them move out of a world of darkness and of sin and move into the world of light that's full of the Gospel and hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity to reach the lost with the way that we live our lives The way that you and I, the way we go through our daily lives, we have an opportunity to reach the lost just simply by living for Christ. God is working in and through us to be enabled to reach the lost. God has given many promises through Scripture. Right As you read Scripture, God gives many promises. But we also learn in 2 Corinthians 1 that He makes us stand firm in Christ. He enables us to stand firm in our faith. 2 Corinthians 1, 20-22 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set His seal of ownership on us, and put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Not only is God the one who helps us to stand firm in Christ, as we read, it said that He anoints us. That He has set His seal of of ownership upon us. And that He put His Holy Spirit in our hearts as a deposit and a guarantee of what is going to come. We've been anointed by God to do the work of the ministry to reach the lost. We've been... We've been bought through His Son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross for our sins. It says that we've been purchased through the blood of Christ. And the Holy Spirit has been placed in our hearts so that we have a guarantee of what our future holds. We know that as believers, what does our future hold? It holds an eternity in heaven with God. And there's nothing that can take that away. That is a guarantee that God has given us. As we walk with Him, as we stay in relationship with Him, we have a hope in a future and an eternity with God in Heaven. We know what our future holds, so we should become bold in our faith, realizing that our confidence comes from God, realizing it comes from Him. Right? If we know our future, if we know what it holds, if it's guaranteed, why are we so afraid to share it at times? I want us to look at a passage of Scripture from 2 Timothy 1 that encourages you and I to step forward and to share our testimony. Each of us have a unique story. Your story is different than mine, but each of ours are unique. And there's no one that can refute what God has done in your life. Nobody. Nobody can question what God has done in your life. And why do we share it? We share it so that God may receive the glory, that people may see what God has done in our lives, that they can realize He can do the same in theirs. The same way we've been restored, the same way that God has helped us to break bonds of addiction and things that have controlled our lives, they can find that same hope in Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 1, starting with verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the Spirit God gave does not make us timid, but gives us power, life, and a uh, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of a testimony about our Lord, or of me, His prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the Gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and brought life and immortality to the light through the Gospel. And of this Gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. But here in this passage... We read that it says, the Holy Spirit was not placed inside of us so that you and I would be timid. That we would be scared of sharing the Gospel. That's not why the Holy Spirit's inside of us. It says, rather, the Holy Spirit was put inside of us that we may receive power and that we may have love and self-discipline in our lives. Again, we read about how the Spirit is empowering us. We should not be ashamed of our testimony about the Lord no matter what it may look like, no matter what your past looks like, don't be ashamed of what God has done. God has saved us and calls us to a holy life for His own purposes and by His grace. We receive this grace through Jesus Christ who was given before the beginning of time, it says. Although it had been revealed to us through Jesus when He came to the earth, where He once and for all destroyed sin and death. For you and I. As a result, it says it brought forth life and everlasting life. It says immortality to the life of the gospel. Life and everlasting life to the gospel. We have been presented with a gospel message that offers us eternal life, which is guaranteed to us as we live for God. Now we have to take that good news outside of these walls and share it with those who don't get it. Know it. Again, what is our main purpose here? What, what are we striving to do at Chisholm Assembly of God? It's to reach the lost. What, what, what about when this becomes difficult? What about when we begin to fear that maybe we don't have what it takes to do what God is calling us to do? Or we feel like, man, I don't have the energy to go anymore. Or my patience has gone, I don't know if I can move forward. We have to remember that we've been empowered and equipped and enabled to reach the lost. Listen to this passage from Colossians one through 11-14. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. For He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. It says that we have been strengthened with power according to God's glorious might, which gives us endurance and patience to continue moving forward with the things God is calling us to do. And as we do so, it says that we are to give thanks to the Father who has given us a shared inheritance with other believers in the kingdom of light. We are to do so giving thanks to God, again, for that guarantee we have, that inheritance we have as believers coming into the kingdom of light. This brings us back to that illustration we looked at at the beginning. It's another example where we see we've been rescued from darkness, it says, and brought into the kingdom of light, into the kingdom of Jesus, who he loves, it says, and through whom you and I have found redemption and forgiveness of our sins. We've been redeemed through Jesus Christ. We've been forgiven of our sins through what Jesus Christ did. And as a church, it should be our desire to see everyone around us move from darkness into the kingdom of light. That should be our desire to see people come out of it. It said, it said that we are trapped. We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. So that means you and I, we have family. We have friends. We have co-workers. We have neighbors who are still trapped in that dominion of darkness. Who Satan still has a grip on. But we have the opportunity to present the Gospel to them that they can find freedom from that. They can find light. They can find hope. Because many of them may feel hopeless like they don't know what to live for. We have the answer. Jesus Christ. The Gospel. It's our desire to see people move from darkness into the kingdom of light. That people would respond to the Gospel message in a way that you and I, most of us here this morning, have. That they may find complete redemption and forgiveness of their sins through Jesus Christ. God's one and only Son. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you haven't given your heart to the Lord yet. I'm going to give you the opportunity to do so in a few minutes. But as believers, God continues to empower, equip, and enable us to reach the lost through the Holy Spirit's working in our lives. Again, this goes for us as individuals as well as as a church body. So maybe you have, I, I want to ask you a couple questions for you to think on and ponder yourself. But what is God asking you to do today? What is God asking you to do in your individual life? What is God asking for us as a church to do today? What is God asking for us to do as a body? I believe He's asking us to be intentional about reaching the lost all around us and throughout the world. Our mission, which is a part of our vision, a part of what we're doing here as a church, is this. Our mission is to be the hands and feet of Jesus to chisholm the Iron Range and all around the world. That is our mission, is to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ to chisholm the Iron Range and around the world. That we can be an extension of Jesus to everyone that we come into contact with. That when people see you and I, that they will see Jesus, and that He may receive glory for it. That we may constantly be striving to be a sign that is directing and pointing people towards God through our actions, through our words, and through the way that we live our lives. I'm believing that God is going to give us opportunities, and maybe even this afternoon for some of us, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to someone around us. Today, God is going to give us the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus to someone around. I want to encourage each of us, and I speak to myself when I say this, to have this prayer each and every day. God, help me to be the hands and feet of Jesus to somebody today. Each day, saying, God, help me to be your hands and feet that people may see you. Putting action to our faith and saying, God, I believe in the direction that you are leading me in my life. I believe in the direction that you are leading this church as we strive to reach the lost in Chisholm, in our surrounding cities and all around the world. So again, what is our vision? Chisholm Assembly of God's vision is to reach the lost through the empowering, equipping, and enabling of believers through the Holy Spirit. I want you to repeat that with me. Chisholm Assembly of God's vision is to reach the lost through the empowering, equipping, and enabling of believers through the Holy Spirit. And our mission is to be the hands and feet of Jesus, the Chisholm, the Iron Range, and around the world. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I want to give an opportunity this morning for anyone who would like to, to respond to the gospel message. Maybe you've never given your heart to the Lord before. Or maybe you have and you've just wandered away from Him. And this morning you'd like to rededicate your heart to Him. It's quite simple. We read this in Romans chapter 10. It says, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in Him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on Him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, it says. If we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, it says that you will be saved. That we believe in our hearts and are justified and we profess it with our mouth, our faith. So what am I asking us to do this morning? What am I asking you to do this morning? I want everyone to simply close their eyes. This is going to be a private moment for each individual in here this morning. Because this is something that's between you and God. This is not something that's between all of the rest of us. But simply this morning, if you want to make that decision to give your heart to the Lord, whether it's for the first time or you'd like to rededicate your heart to the Lord this morning, I simply want you to place your hand in the air quickly and then you can put it right back down. If there's anybody this morning that would like to respond to that, feel free to do so. Amen. Amen. What I'm going to ask us to do now is for those who have responded this morning, And for those who have made that decision before to follow in a relationship with Christ, I want you to repeat after me in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm sorry that I have sinned, but I believe that your Son, Jesus Christ, died upon the cross and rose again three days later. I want to live my life for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I want to welcome the worship team to come back up at this point. But what an amazing way, I believe, for us to kind of finish up our vision series this morning with an opportunity for people to surrender their heart to the Lord. Because that's what it's all about. It's about reaching the lost. It's about people coming into a relationship with Christ. don't have one and for those of us who do deepening in our faith growing in our faith and maturing in our relationship with the Lord but we're believing that this morning and all that has happened since this church was planted in the 70's it's just the beginning of what God is going to do here in Chisholm as we continue to reach out to the lost to represent Jesus in our community on the Iron Range and all around the world We're going to finish our time together this morning with a worship song.